You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by the two-man dream team of Bill Curlick and Mark Porter. Bill Curlick, the dean of Ohio State football recruiting. Mark Porter, the grand poobah of scouting Ohio. Absolutely love these guys. Uh, Dan Rubin has the day off. Uh, I am filling in for him. All right, we posed, I posted a thread to the front row message board. Bucknut subscribers have some recruiting questions for you gentlemen. Let's start right with Osborne Elo wants to know, or Osborne Low, I think it is. Osborne Low. Guys, is there any update on Dylan Stewart? The South Carolina insiders seem very confident he ends up there. Any update, guys? Well, I guess, I guess I'll go ahead and start, uh, uh, and then we'll let the Grand Poobah there uh, join in. <laughs> uh, I, I like that, the Grand Poobah. Um, very fitting. But uh, as far it's as like an, it's like an 80s rap reference, really. <laughs> <laughs> that, perfect perfect there you go it might as well be uh, the cool mode of scouting i don't know <laughs> that's even better there you go all right um yeah as far as dylan stewart um you know, obviously he is a huge ohio state target and for that matter south carolina target and as the uh uh, question stated, you know, there's confidence on both sides. Um, you know, there's been confidence on the Ohio State side since he left Ohio State. That visit went extremely well. Um, and there's been definitely a lot of confidence there on the Ohio State side. But uh, he subsequently had a visit to South Carolina, and that's, uh, uh, for various reasons, Created, you know, a controversy, or I shouldn't say controversy. I should say confidence on their side of things. He has not yet announced a date to announce, so to speak. He hasn't said exactly when he's going to announce his college choice. So the speculation continues to go on. Um, but both schools feel that they are very much in the running uh, to get him. So you know, that's kind of where it is right now. Waiting, the, you know, the waiting on what will likely be the next thing is for him to say when he's going to announce and then, of course, make his announcement. And, Mark, with some of these out-of-state guys, if you just want Bill to answer them, that's fine. If you want to jump in, that's cool. Whatever you want to do, Grand Poobah. The next question is from <laughs> D-Row27. I actually put on Dylan Stewart behind me just to kind of refresh, but he's the kid that's playing linebacker in high school that's got the defensive end build. 
Uh, we've been talking about Lightfoot and Rudolph forever. He's very similar, but he's got more of a versatile background having played linebacker. Rudolph and Lightfoot are definitely edge players. Even if they're outside linebackers, they're growing a defensive end. Uh, still, it's got, Stewart's got a little more versatility to his game. Next question is from DRow27. He says, I heard Lightfoot is now wanting to visit in the fall. Any truth to that? And if so, does the staff let him? Obviously, Lightfoot is committed to Miami. Um, both of you, what do you think about that? I, I saw the same thing you did on the boards where, yeah, you know, now there's the controversy. Did he get money from Miami? Is he going to give it back if he wants to flip? You know, like I, I don't get into the rumors as much. I, I'm kind of waiting for Bill here to probably give me the cement answer. But I found that real interesting where you sign and then it sounds like you're not happy with where you signed because like my thing is once you sign, you're done. Uh, not a few days later, the cold feet. So maybe that's good for Ohio State. What do you think, Bill? Well, I, I always go by what I am told directly by the recruit, and he has not told me that. But that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I said as soon as um, you know he announced the commitment to Miami that this one may not necessarily be over because – you know, there was some back and forth, even the day that he announced. On that morning, um, I was told that uh, Lightfoot was going to Miami. So, you know, I uh, kind of got prepared for that. Uh, by the afternoon, I was told, well, as Lee Corso likes to say, not so fast, my friends, necessarily, that there might be some rethinking there and that uh, he was going to kind of meet with the people in his circle to, you know, really clarify things and, and decide if the announcement was going to go on at all. Uh, the announcement did go on. He did announce for Miami. But just the fact that Ohio State really has wanted Marquis Lightfoot and the fact that there, there was some, uh, you know, hesitation there, I guess you'd say, uh, made me think, well, I, I can see Ohio State continuing to recruit him. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Will he uh, end up visiting Ohio State again? You know, again, he has not told me that, but it would not shock me either necessarily. We'll, we'll see what happens. You know, these are commitments. You know, they're, they're not necessarily done deals uh, they aren't done deals, so to speak, in a lot of cases. They can't sign until uh, uh, December. So there could be recruiting, and in a lot of cases, there continues to be recruiting going on. This next question is not about recruiting, but I like it. I'm going to hit it. It's from Mike Hauser. We'll go around the horn. We'll all answer this one. Mike Hauser says, a lot of people are talking about the running back duo up north, talking about Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, obviously. But he says, I truly feel that Henderson being healthy – and Mayan Williams being healthy and having some big-time motivation, he thinks they will actually have a better year than the two guys from up north. I'll go first on this one. Um, Blake Corum, I, I, would, I would rank them Corum one, and then Henderson two, Mayan three, and then Edwards four. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm being too hard on Edwards there, but I Corum's made me a believer. So I'm not going to just come out here and say that Henderson and Mayan are a better tandem because I think Corum – he just – he turned my head last year. I know I'm not alone there. I just think he's the real deal. Not that I don't like the Ohio State backs, but the Ohio State's deeper, though. They go five deep. But as far as the top two, I'd probably take Corum and Donovan Edwards if you put a gun to my head. What do, who would you guys take? Um, you know, I, when I was at the Michigan camp this year for the high school kids, Michigan's practice was conveniently right after the 
camp was over. So all the Michigan players started filing out. Uh, when Blake Corum came out, he was signing autographs, and I didn't know who he was by just looking at his face and standing there. Um, he's a bowling ball. His, his legs and his butt were like a double, triple take, like, wow. Like, how do you wrap yourself around that kid to bring him down? And you start putting the two to two together with, like, I know what I saw in film, and I know why guys are dripping off of him now. So when you said he was your first pick there, I was like, well, Dave's seen him in person. He's seen him on the field. He knows what he looks like. He knows the power he has. Um, he might be the best all-round guy because he has some versatility, but I think Henderson's your most explosive player. Um, I don't know how he'll transfer into the NFL or how they'll view him, but, boy, if you gave me a player that, you know, on any play could – turn your lights out and go to distance. That's the guy that when he puts his foot in the ground, uh, I don't know how you evaluate or rate that because they're a little different. They're definitely different types of backs, but boy, that, that's a good question by the poster who will have the better year. Um, I think the reason Michigan guys had such a great year was their motivation the past couple of years of being dogged for so long. Uh, I think Ohio state's in that position. Now where the two running backs with the motivation being hurt, having lost to Michigan, yeah, that's like a contract year in the NFL for a, a running back where these guys know everything's at stake. If I don't put up this year, my NFL stock goes down. And, of course, the other things we talked about. So I, I give the edge to those two for motivational. And and I would agree with a, a whole lot of what uh, Mark just said there. Uh, one thing that I want to add, though, is that um, when you're talking about what kind of year they're going to have, you got to look at the offensive line. And, you know, Ohio State offensive line right now is a little bit of a question mark. They lost some great players. They lost Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones, for instance. Um, Browns fans out there are hoping Dewan Jones turns into the real deal at the NFL level. But uh, that's another topic. But, you know, a running back is dependent on the offensive line. And, and that'll be a big factor in how good a year those guys have. But I agree with uh, Mark, potentially. Tr tr Henderson, he's just tremendous. He can hit a home run at any point. And, uh, you know, but production wise from a year ago, you know, you go with Blake Corum. So, I, you know, there's a lot of factors there that I think it's pretty tough to say who's going to have the better year right now. All right, back to recruiting. Uh, first one for Bill, and the second one for Mark and Bill. This is from Fox R2001. For Bill, if we don't land any of the defensive ends we're after, does the staff try and flip Rudolph? You know, that's that's a great question. Um, yeah, I would say that I would be very surprised, very surprised if they don't land any of the defensive ends they're after. If they were to miss out on Edric Houston, Dillard Stewart, and, you know, I'll put Lightfoot in there too because, again, I'm not necessarily uh, – uh, convinced that that recruitment is over. So, uh, you know, those three guys, I, I, I think the chances are good that they're going to land at least one of them. But even if they land at least – if they land one, that's not all they're going for. Um, they, they want at least two in this class. And uh, uh, would, they, would they try to flip Rudolph? I, I tend to have my doubts a little bit on that one right now. But a lot might depend on what Rudolph does his senior season. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about him being back in Ohio, and that's looked pretty good for him to be back in Ohio and playing for Taft. 
uh, that's been looked pretty good overall. And we'll see where, you know, where that goes. Does he end up playing for Taft his senior season? And that could be a factor too. But uh, right now I'd kind of say uh, no, that I think Rudolph ends up staying with the Michigan class. Just the schadenfreude would be great, you know, flipping a Michigan uh, recruit to Ohio State. But, uh, yeah, doesn't sound like it's going to happen from what the dean just illustrated there. All right, this is for Mark and Bill. We'll start with Mark. Uh, Mark, was Lightfoot really that much better than Rudolph that we should not have gone after Rudolph harder? When I recall both of you saying it was more like 1A and 1B between the two. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I think if you went back to our other podcast, I would have said something very similar to, they're playing in the same ballpark, you know, like uh, Justin Scott, Rudolph and Hightower, different ballparks, different types of players. But if uh, I, I think I said this, if you had Rudolph and Lightfoot switch teams on a Friday night and switch uniforms and go play on different teams, maybe the only people that would know it is the parents just based on their mannerisms and the way they walk around in their uniforms. Most football people wouldn't say that looks like a totally different human being lined up in that spot and he's playing totally different. They're both long edge guys that need the weight room to put on weight, but they have the jets in their shoes to come off the edge. Uh, you know, like we said, we just said Stewart's a little different. Uh, Houston's the one that may have a little more weight to him. Maybe the one that moves inside. So he might be in a different ballpark, but the Houston Rudolph things were very similar. Uh, it seemed like Hightower had a little more polish to him, uh, but you know, that's par for the course for high school players. That's just a little more reps and, you know, maybe the coaching or something. So, uh, very similar. Next question is from Buckeye37642. Bill, did you have any heads up about the Justin Scott commitment? How blinded were you? Well, if you would have asked me a week before that happened, then I I would have said I'd be very blinded. I did not see that coming a week before it happened. Uh, but if you remember back the week or so before that happened, I, I had talked about um, – this one's going to come down to a Midwest battle. I said it's going to be Ohio State, Michigan, or maybe Notre Dame. I said that if they, if he waited things out and made an official visit to Notre Dame when Ohio State plays them this season, and that's what Notre Dame was wanting and is still hoping for. I don't think it's going to happen, but they're still hoping for it. If he did that, then I could see it as a three-team battle. If he decided, I said, sooner rather than later, then he was going to end up at either Ohio State or Michigan. Um, I did not think he would decide that quickly. But as the weekend came, I started hearing some vibes that, hey, this could happen like really, really soon. So I got ready for it to happen. And, and I was ready for it to happen uh, that uh, evening, I think it was like seven o'clock, if I remember right, something around seven or eight o'clock that he announced he was committed to uh, Ohio State. But again, a week before, no, I had, I didn't think it was going to happen at, at all that quickly. But as it came upon us, you know, I, I, I was kind of right when I was ready for it. And it was good news for Ohio State and certainly, well, great news, I might add. What great news might be coming down the pike? This is the second part of the question from Buckeye37642. He says, for both of you, who do you think will be the next few to commit to Ohio State? Mark, do you have any thoughts? I know you guys probably don't like questions like that, but do you have a feel like who's going to be the next few guys to commit? Um, you know what? That's not my area, but I think Aaron Scott's going to be a Buckeye. I'm just reading what I'm reading and putting the tea leaves together, but – that's all that is, you know, like he hasn't whispered in my ear or I haven't had a coach whisper in my ear that, you know, this is what's happening. But 
and the common sense is there. Bill, who's going to be our next? Look in your crystal ball. Who's going to be the next few commits? <laughs> well, uh, the old crystal ball. Um, you know, there's there are six announcements that we know are coming right now, and if you look at those six guys, I think every one of them could end up being a Buckeye. But on the other hand, it's not not out of the question. Every one of them could go elsewhere. Where I think that's going to land is probably somewhere in between. That Ohio State's not getting all of them, and they're not missing on all of them. So I would say that, and that doesn't include someone like a uh, Dylan Stewart, for instance, that we don't know when he's going to announce right now. But you know, the six announcements coming up, you've got Jaden Jackson, the defensive lineman from Florida. He is announcing on Thursday, and I think that one's going to probably come down to Ohio State or Texas. That's not certain right now, but I think it will, as I see it right now, and again, we're a couple days out here, I think his decision will come down to Ohio State or Texas. And again, that decision is on Thursday. So that's one possibility. You've got Edwin Spielman, the linebacker from Tennessee. He is announcing on July 21st. And even though a lot of people think that is a given for Tennessee, I was told yesterday that uh, he has really been thinking long and hard between Ohio State and Tennessee. It's between the two. And that uh, I was told, don't be shocked if he ends up picking Ohio State. And again, I'm not crystal balling into Ohio State, but I was told not to be shocked that Ohio State is absolutely a player in that battle. And as one person told me that if uh, Edwin Spillman did not have a brother that uh, signed with Tennessee last year, that they thought he would probably be going to Ohio State. But uh, with that brother, and he and his brother are close at Tennessee, it's going to make it tougher for Ohio State. So that's for July 21st. Uh, you've got Corian Gibson, the defensive back, um, who is going to announce on July 22nd. Um, right now, that one is Clemson, Ohio State, and maybe Texas. But it's close. You know, I think Clemson has the edge right now, but that one's close. Ohio State is not out of the picture on that one. You've got July 23rd. You've got linebacker Kingston via Mahu Asa. That's Ohio State, USC, or Notre Dame. I continue to still give maybe Ohio State a slight edge, but that one could definitely go a different way. He could go, I think USC would probably be the second choice, but Notre Dame wouldn't shock me there either. Uh, Mark mentioned Aaron Scott. That's Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon. Really, I think it's Ohio State, Michigan, those two. I like Ohio State there, but he's announcing on July 30th. And then you've got K.J. Bolden, the tremendous athlete from Georgia. He's announcing on August 5th. And that one, that's a tough one. You know, I think it's Ohio State or Georgia. Ohio State is absolutely in the running there. So you, know, you look at those decisions, and I think the next commitment will come from one of those guys. And I think Ohio State is going to get at least one or two of them, if not more. And I don't even mention Brandon Baker, the offensive lineman from California. As was said to me uh, just um, a few days ago, Brandon Baker doesn't have an announcement date yet. But as they said, you know, he is an unpredictable young man. He could just all of a sudden do a Justin Scott and decide I'm ready to commit. So we'll see. Great stuff there from Bill Curl. People are going to want to rewind that part of the uh show and just listen to it again a few more questions we'll get you guys out of here 
We'll go to Mark on this one. We've got a few questions from Man on the Moon. We're going to focus on his questions about Dorian Brew, the number one player in the state of Ohio in the 2025 class, a young man that's going to be entering his junior season this year at Northmont in the Dayton area. All right, Mark Porter, does Dorian Brew have a higher ceiling than Bryce West or Aaron Scott? Boy, that was the thought that is keep that keeps going through my mind is, do I possibly say that, hey, Dorian Brew is like those two, but he's a little bit taller and a little bit longer? Um, does that make him better? Not necessarily, but he has some traits that really give him that elite upside. You, you don't really find corners like Scott and West that are over six foot or have that you know, safety thickness to them in the legs. You see a lot of guys at corner that are, I don't want to use the word frail, but they're lightweights. They're, they're flyweights that can run around and fly. So when you find bigger guys that can fly, that's the home run. Those are the NFL guys that eventually make it. The 200-pound corners that run 4-4, that's the elite skill set. And that's where Dorian Brew is going to be, you know, seen as. He's a bigger, thicker kid, and he runs, and he turns his hips, and he's not afraid – to use those long arms. And then that's the other thing. When you're longer, that press man-to-man is much easier when you have the longer levers to get a shot on somebody at the line, and then you have the ability to turn and run with them. Uh, so corners like this have high value because they they can do a multiple things very well. Um, let's just put him in the same ballpark right now. You know, it's not, he's not in a different ballpark, but, boy, uh, I don't want to get the cart in front of the horse. Dorian Bruce is just going to be a great-looking prospect. And, and defensively, if he stays on that side of the ball, he's got uh, a frame and talent that you don't often see. Most kids like that stay at receiver. You know, the, the receiver gods you know, say, hey, look at all the balls you're going to catch and touchdowns, and they don't leave that fame to go play defense. But this kid may be a star on defense. I'm loving all of these top-rated corners from right here in the Buckeye State. Absolutely love it. All right, Bill Curlick, man on the moon, wants to know, why does Brew have an early crystal ball in for Notre Dame? Not from you, obviously, but from another analyst. Why is there some Notre Dame smoke here, Bill? Well, first of all, uh, man on the moon, one of my uh, – a great poster and one of my favorite posters. Uh, so I got to give kudos to man on the moon. I think he is an outstanding poster on our site. So uh, as far as the question, uh, that um, crystal ball, if I – I'm pretty sure I'm accurate on this, is from a Notre Dame uh, insider. And Dorian has long liked Notre Dame. There's no question about that. Uh, he's mentioned them since the very first uh, time I've talked to him. And uh, he's been there, you know, multiple times. And he's just always had Notre Dame as a top school. And I think that's where that's coming from. I think I've said for a while his decision will come down to, in my opinion, likely – Notre Dame or Ohio State. Um, and again, you know, he is an Ohio State legacy, uh, but he also has a strong uh, affinity for Notre Dame. And uh, I think that's where that came from. All right. Next question is from B22. This is to you, Bill. Bill, what are your thoughts on KVA? Obviously, the linebacker from California. Do you think the Buckeyes should be confident in landing KVA or not so much? Again, that's, you know, we talked about Kingston, or I did, um, a couple of minutes, a few minutes ago, and tremendous player. That's one of my thoughts. I mean, he was the very first player that Ohio State offered a scholarship to in the entire class of 2024. So that tells you a little bit about what Ohio State thinks of him. High State is recruiting him as an outside linebacker, uh, possibly even a Jack-type guy. 
line him up. He can drop into coverage. He can rush the passer. You know, he can stuff the stuff the run. Uh, he can do it all. I mean, he's tremendous. And he's been to Ohio State multiple times on his own dime all the way from California. Uh, USC is working really hard to keep him at home. And Notre Dame, you know, he's from St. John Bosco. So he's got the uh, uh, Catholic background, Catholic school background. So it is a tremendous battle in all three schools. And interesting, James Laurinaitis was recruiting him for Notre Dame, and now he's recruiting him for Ohio State. Um, yeah, again, I give the very slight edge to Ohio State, but uh, even those that know Kingston best out on the West Coast, they don't know what he's going to do for sure right now. Does Wyatt Davis being an alum of that high school help at all, you think? I don't really think so too much. You know, that's been a, that's been a number of, you know, a number of years. And as far as I know, they're not close friends or anything like that, but you know, any little thing I always say in recruiting can, can help you. And, you know, maybe that helps a little bit because Wyatt Davis, obviously same school and, and, and had a, had a nice, did a nice job at Ohio state. All right. Final question on the show. We'll start with Mark and we'll get Bill's thoughts and we'll get you guys out of here. This is from, Bass one, B-A-S-1. He says, wondering if either Bill or Mark has ever interviewed or spoken with a recruit who was not impressed when visiting Ohio State, either for an official visit or a camp. I like that question, Mark, because it's like we always read these kids are like, oh, I had a great time on my visit. I don't recall. I'm sure it's happened. I don't recall reading a story where a kid was like, yeah, it was awful. The facilities were terrible. The coaches were jerks. I hated all the players. Uh, But no, have you guys guys ever interviewed or spoken to a recruit that was not impressed when he visited Ohio State? Boy, there was a a photo put on Instagram after a game this year that I thought was close to that by a a group that visited and they took a picture after the game and it it wasn't positive towards Ohio State. That's the first time I've ever really seen anything like that because you're right. Um, I, I think Ohio State and places like Alabama, Georgia, they're like casinos. They're made of gold. They just show off all the money they've taken in from everybody else and all the, you know, to the spoils go to the victors. It's like you see those buildings and you see the spoils and what they have and what they can do for you. Uh, I don't know how you walk away from there. Even if you're not a fan, even if an Ohio state, one of us walked through Michigan's uh, facilities, we'd say it's pretty nice stuff up there. You know, you don't have to like it. You don't have to, but you, you, I think there's a respect, you know, but I, did see someone, I guess, not respect the, the Ohio State stuff earlier this year. I'm not going to call them out or anything, but yeah, it, it's hard to do. It's it's hard it's hard to go from casino to casino in Vegas and be like, wow, this one's really not that nice. Like they're all they're all really over the top nice. So you know, uh, you go to a Mac school and then compare to Ohio State, and you know, so and and the Mac schools have come generations in the last 10 years with their facilities and the things they're doing. So even those facilities, kids walk off those campuses and go, wow, that's really, you know, nice stuff they have there. I I didn't expect Miami of Ohio or OU to be that nice or whatever it may be. So it's just not something recruits do. Bill, you talk to more recruits maybe than anybody in this world, and I'm not exaggerating. Has any recruit ever told you after the visit, eh, wasn't very impressed? Let me start by saying, leave it to the Grand Poobah to bring in Las Vegas and gambling into our Tuesday morning podcast. Great analogy. It was a great analogy. Yes. Well done. Well done. (laughs) But uh, um, yeah, I'm going to go back uh, to 
the days when I started in this business and I had a tablet and a chisel and I wrote my issues on a, on a you know, that way. Uh, so Ron Dane, running back from New Jersey. Okay. Uh, a pretty darn good running back. Yeah. He did not. In, he did not like Ohio State. His visit there, um, and he wasn't the. You know, he he did not have a great time. Uh, and maybe that's a good thing that I have to go back to the Stone Age to find a guy that was like that. Mid nineties, right? Because yeah, he but, he was a freshman at Wisconsin in ninety six. Won the end up winning the Heisman, right? So that had to be like ninety five. Yeah, and that was about the beginning of. Uh, when I started this business and all this gray hair started appearing, but uh, uh, yeah, he did, he did not have a great visit to high estate and he kind of said so. Uh, but again, like Mark said, you go to somewhere at Ohio state, how can you not be impressed? I mean, they've got everything you could possibly want and um, they do a fantastic job of getting kids on, you know, they wow kids. They do a fantastic job. Mark Pantone and his staff. But I will say that you can kind of read between the lines when you talk to recruits. They may say, you know, some of the right things about this school or that school. But a lot of times you can read between the lines the way they said it and uh, the inflection of their voice, all that kind of thing is to, to get a good feel for, you know, what they think about the visit. So they, they could be complimentary, but you come away from the uh, interview thinking, eh, I'm not sure this kid is going to go to Ohio State or this kid's, a you know, he's going to Ohio State for sure. You know, you, you do sometimes come away with that feeling. You know, as, ahead, as Bill's talking, I have another thought. Like, what would make you not like Ohio State? Like, it wouldn't be the facilities. It wouldn't be that part of it. And, and here's what it would be is maybe the position coach while you're there spends more time with another guy at your position and shows them a little more love. Maybe like when things break up for the night or something, that recruit gets to go with uh, Ryan Day for a, you know, a special 20 minute or 30 and you get to go back to the hotel by yourself. And those type of things start to say to you, you know what, they don't love me as much as, you know, they should. Or, you know, you have that type of player who's like, man, I see the red carpet you're rolling out for so-and-so, but it's not that red for me, you know? So I think Bill maybe will sense those things where, yeah, I went there. It's great. But, I sense I'm like five on their board or maybe I'm, maybe I have an offer, but it just doesn't feel like they're recruiting me. So that would be something I, I can't ever think it would be the facilities or, you know, what, it, what it's like to play there on a game day. Great insights as always from Bill Curlick and Mark Porter. Really appreciate it. Gentlemen, as we've been saying, if you're watching on YouTube, you like the show, please subscribe. Really helps us out. Hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already, thanks again to Bill. Thanks to Mark. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else.
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.